where I'm at now, I'm 60 years old. What I am looking for in the last third of my life is not to look a particular way. That may have been true 10 or 20 years ago. But today, it's to feel joy in my embodiment, which as you know, Nicole, can be harder as you get older because things change. Health, freedom, joy, ease. That's what I'm after. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Making your mark, big or small, is creating a legacy, and it's one of the proven ways we can age with energy and joy. Zestful Aging Podcast is my legacy. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow zestful ager our music is courtesy of judy banker find out more at judybanker.com and to find out more about this podcast my web courses and other offerings hop on over to zestfulaging.com and while you're there sign up for my email newsletter the insider where you will get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and other fun tidbits well, as always, I've got my little loyal Jack Russell Sparky right beside me, so let's begin. Many of you know that uh, my day job is being a psychotherapist with a specialty in food and body issues, and I'm always interested in people's relationships with their bodies and how they try to make peace with its imperfections, especially as we age. And even famous models find something they don't like about their body. So this has always been a very interesting subject to me. Well, one day I was scrolling along on Facebook and I saw a post from a woman who was celebrating her book's 10 year anniversary. The book was called Ravenous and I was intrigued. It was definitely not a diet book and it was unique in that the author wanted to find out more about the foods that she felt controlled by. She didn't restrict them or shame herself for eating them. There was a curiosity about eating and the foods and a desire to be non-judgmental even if she ate a whole bag of chips. Food and eating are issues that affect many zestful agers, so I'm so excited to have the author of Ravenous. Welcome to part two of my interview with Dana Macy, the author of Ravenous. We're going to continue our conversation today about our relationship with our aging bodies, body kindness, and going inward to investigate our relationship with food. It's a fantastic interview, so stay tuned. Where I'm at now, I'm 60 years old. What I am looking for in the last third of my life is not to look a particular way. That may have been true 10 or 20 years ago. But today, it's to feel joy 
in my embodiment, which as you know, Nicole, can be harder as you get older Mm -hmm. because things change. Mm -hmm. Health, freedom, joy, ease. That's what I'm after. And I know that when my weight is within, let's say I give myself a various 10 pound range. When it's within this range, I'm basically, I'm good. I move through the world. My, um, uh, my my knees don't hurt. Uh, my ankles don't hurt. My yoga practice is easier. When I'm not within that range, life gets harder. So my goals have changed. My goals are for health and ease and joy. And and that's what I think is available for everybody. You may need helpers on the way. I certainly have had many helpers along the way, whether it's been my therapist, uh, or a nutritionist, or uh, an intuitive medicine counselor, or massage therapy, uh, lots and lots and lots of yoga. My way in to this inquiry was a combination of necessity of body, mind, and spirit. It was just, it was not just an inquiry of mind. You know what word comes to me, and maybe this is one that we've already said and and is obvious, but there's an invitation. And that is the opposite of a diet. That is the opposite of counting calories. It's actually going the other direction and being open, you use the word spacious, but there's an inviting. And one of the things that I suggest clients uh, ask themselves when they have binged or overeaten uh, to discomfort is, what do I really need? What is it that I really need? Because rice chips aren't going to fill a hole that rice chips can't fill, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they can Mm -hmm. only kind of fill that, boy, I'd like something crunchy and and, um, salty. But that's probably not what you're up to when you eat a whole bag. And so the inquiry that I like to um, kind of invite my clients to, to think about is, what do I really need? And that opens, then then we start like peeling off layers um, of, of longing and, and, and that desire, is that- desire, 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 longing, craving, you know, uh, it is important to be a warrior for yourself. Uh, we are surrounded, you know, those chips that we keep talking about, they are engineered to make you want them and to make you want more. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are food scientists that earn a lot of money, uh, whose job it is to create food that you can't resist. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like there's a mystery to why <laughs> these foods are so compelling. It's bliss point. I mean, there, you know, this, as you say, there's a sort of orgasm. Absolutely. Yeah. You're put in a scanner and some of the, and, to, and, and fed sugar up. Oh. That's the bliss point, not more, not less. And that's what we're going for. There is an orgasmic quality sometimes to a binge. And uh, I understand. I mean, there is 
there is, you know, I, I'm not a brain scientist, but there must be like an uptake of serotonin or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would need to speak to a brain scientist, but I'm sure that there are, you know, neurotransmitters that go on and they're going like, bing, 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 bing. So, you know, it is completely understandable. Um, but it's what you do with, with what you've done and, and where you go from there. And one uh, way I often start teaching uh, a yoga class is to sit in a comfortable position. For some people, that will be a chair. For some people, that might be on the floor, cross-legged with a, a, a bolster underneath uh, your bum, or it could be in Varasana, whatever uh, yoga pose is comfor comfortable for you to sit in. And I place one hand on my heart and one hand on my belly. And I breathe in through the nose and out through the nose and in through the nose and then out through the mouth. So you can, you can, you know, and, and the, that is less important than the depth of the breath in and a slightly longer exhalation out. And within one or two breaths, first of all, you will immediately begin to calm down. So if you've gone through a binge, this is something that you can just, it, it's sort of like is something that helps you freeze frame and stay in the moment, hand on heart, hand on belly, mm -hmm. deep breath in, deep breath out. And what often comes up for me, well, first of all, what often I, I, I'm, I'm aware of is tightness. There's a kind of clenching. And I keep, I take a deep breath in again and a deep breath out again and things begin to relax and the layers around the body begin to kind of melt a little bit. Um, in, in yoga, there's a system of koshas that, uh, are, you know, the, the, the outermost levels moving all the way into the energetic body. Um, not to get too esoteric, but the calmer you get, the more in touch with your inside out you can be. And what I often find when I do that uh, is um, sadness, mm -hmm. sadness in my heart. My eyes sometimes begin to well up. And food is comfort, you know? So there's a reason why we go towards food. Food, food should be embraced, food should be loved, food is not the enemy. We just need to understand what our relationship is with the food we eat, what foods bring us into greater health, what foods take us away from greater health, and uh, find the proportions that are, uh, the portions, I'm sorry, that are healthful and keep moving your body. And it's a constant dialogue in and out. What do you need today? What do you need today? What do you need today? And if, and if the answer comes up, I need salami today. Okay, which is where I used to get stuck a lot because I come from a Jewish background and a lot of these sort of Jewish, New York Jewish deli foods hold a lot of visceral excitement for me. Um, and I guess Zabar's must have been quite a party. <laughs> Zabar's was quite a party and we would do that almost every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> so um, what I would do with that is I would... Um, I would say, okay, you know, uh, 
it's not salami, not today. Maybe we'll do that next week. Uh, what else is here that you can have that you would find delicious? And I would move towards perhaps a more helpful food. Now, all of that said, you know, after time goes by, a month or two, and if, if the idea of salami still comes up, I might indulge it. But while I'm doing that, I am saying thank you, you know, thank you cow who gave your life for this or pig who gave your life for this. And I would eat it slowly and enjoy it because I, it, I don't, I'm not going to be furtive about it. I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to just kind of inhale it so the deed is done. I'm going mm, to enjoy it's it. Not guilt, because it's not a guilty pleasure anymore. It's not illegal. It's not illegal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And by the way, one other thing that I do every day is I have every day I have a piece or two of dark chocolate. I love chocolate. Uh, dark chocolate does not kind of get my uh, binging uh, uh, taste buds in overdrive. It's just a kind of delicious thing in and of itself. It feels indulgent. And I do that every day because I want to, I want to nurture myself that way. That's important to me. What do you, you know, it's interesting, you were talking about salami a moment ago, and depending on, some people are on diets, and correct me if I'm wrong if you know about this, but there's some supposedly healthy diets where salami would be considered, you know, a, a, a main mainstay is is that right fat oh, high fat high you know like meat. the old atkins like the old I, atkins that's diet right. that you're that's thinking right. of yeah well um you know i can't honestly speak to that um i would say a diet of a lot of salami i mean i am not a doctor and i'm a nutritionist <laughs> i would say probably that's you're not healthy high salt right yeah right. it's probably not healthy i mean i know very little about that but i know that they wanted to, uh, the body to enter a state of ketosis and all of yes, this yes yes you know um i would say uh uh i'm not going to judge it but that would not be a good way to eat for me what, so when you say healthy, and this is something I unpack with clients all the time because they might say, I eat really healthy or healthily, and I say, what does that mean? And what that might mean is a boiled chicken breast and a radish, you know? So you mm -hmm. really need to, when you, what, what are your ideas of healthy? Well, maybe I should just go over what I had for breakfast and what I will have for lunch. Mm -hmm. um, so my breakfasts are a little strange. I think that some of your listeners might say, hmm. Um, uh, one uh, thing that I learned a long time ago from a nutritionist that I still see on and off, uh, her name is Linda Prout. Um, and she's, she's a really wise woman. Uh, many years ago, she told me to never start my day with something sweet. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, again, I am loath to tell any listeners what to do. <laughs> I'm only saying what works for me and what I've discovered. And what I discovered many years ago is that starting with anything sweet will set, send me off on a trajectory of eating more uh, bread and carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I no longer do that. So my, uh, so typically, uh, so my breakfast, I, I tend to have a Mediterranean breakfast. That tends to be what I eat almost every day. So, uh, uh please, uh, listeners, please don't laugh when I tell you that I love celery because I really, really do. I love it. I'm not saying that to be virtuous. <laughs> so I have a piece of celery. Um, I have olives. 
I have, this morning I had celery and I had olives. I had a small piece of feta cheese. I had, um, let's see, celery. I had an avocado and I had some beet salad. I know that sounds really strange. Oh, it but, sounds like you, you're in, in Turkey, or, you know. Yeah, yeah. probably. Mm -hmm. I probably have some Sephardic blood in me somewhere. <laughs> um, I typically start my day, but that's right for me with a, with a, a Mediterranean breakfast. I I I I am very mindful of getting five servings of vegetables and fruit a day. I see. Okay, um, so that's one of the the your main goals that you can really focus on throughout your day when you're eating am i getting enough fresh yes. veggies yeah yeah so when you know when people want to hear rules of what do you do and what do you don't do i'm not sure i have too many rules um but i do i am mindful of five really five servings of fruits and vegetables a day mm -hmm. um for lunch i probably oh let's see i haven't thought about lunch um, I haven't thought about lunch, but um, it might be a piece of fish, and <clears throat> excuse me, and um, some sautéed vegetables, and um, that probably will be it. And then for dinner, my husband and I are actually going out to dinner tonight, which is amazing. Oh. It will be our second time out and the first time inside a restaurant since the pandemic began. And we're going to a fabulous Mexican restaurant. Mm. And I plan on eating whatever delights me. <laughs> and so, you know, there's arcs. There are food arcs. There's the arc for the day. Now, there's the arc of a meal. There's an arc of a day. There's an arc of every few days. There's an arc of a week. And I kind of take the view of eating in terms of several day chunks. Mm -hmm. So I don't measure it from sun up to sun down, calories counted. That's not the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to say, did I eat enough vegetables? Oh, did I have too much chocolate? Maybe I'll have less today. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like it's a system of kind of balance yes. that, that I'm looking for. Um, and interestingly, what's very interesting about this is that things really do change. I went out, actually went out to dinner the other night for the first time with two of my coworkers. I work at the Shift Network as their communications director by day. And we went out and uh, afterwards they wanted ice cream and I joined them, but I didn't have ice cream. And it was interesting I mean, I would have had ice cream if I had really wanted ice cream. But interestingly, my body really wasn't into it. I did a scan, didn't want mm. it, passed mm -hmm. it, they ate it. I didn't feel jealous, you know, but these are practices that, that take time, but they, they can become habit after after a while i think the difference is that you weren't denying yourself mm -hmm. it's very different right to say oh i really oh but it's not on my diet i can't have it rather than i could have it and i might have it tomorrow but it's not really for whatever reason it's not really doing it for me right now that's right. And it wasn't doing mm -hmm. it for me yesterday. And uh, I bought some ice cream actually for my husband. So it's here at home. And he's had some and it's been sitting in the refrigerator or the freezer for a week because I haven't been compelled by it. Now, I might handle that differently if ice cream was a trigger food for me. It happens not to be. Mm -hmm. I have other things that can trigger me. I mean, salami can still trigger me. I know that if I bring um, salami into the house, 
it will not last the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that about my habits. And so I don't bring it in very often. Uh, but when I do, I kind of make an event of it. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, and that just echoed uh, some of the things that you're describing or just echo, echo through the literature on mindful eating. That yeah. if you're going to eat, you're really, it's a celebration. If you're going to have a cupcake or something, really enjoy every single moment of it. And by uh, enjoying it, I mean like the creaminess of the icing uh, uh, compared to the texture of the actual cake, uh, the sweetness level. Can you taste the chocolate in it? You know, are there other ingredients in it? Can you taste, you know, going back to Ed Brown in the book, I, I went to a lecture he gave at UC Berkeley. This is uh, many, many years ago. And I called it the potato chip meditation where he hands out a potato chip in a Dixie cup. One potato chip, one Dixie cup, 100 people. And we're all sitting there with our, you know, Dixie cup, and I was, uh, my eyes were rolling. I'm like, oh, you know, another one of these mindfulness mm-hmm. exercises. Mm-hmm. Well, Ed took us through the exercise of biting into it, letting it sit on the tongue, and so on. And it was very interesting. I had one of those aha moments. And the aha moment for me was, first of all, you let it sit on your tongue, it disintegrates. There's not really a there, there. You know, it's it's a kind of very ephemeral food product, <laughs> right? It's very light, ephemeral. Uh, and as it turns out, I could taste because I, you know, my taste buds are, are pretty acute, aware, um, the oil was a little bit rancid. It was oh, off. I see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was my potato chip meditation. Um, now, if we, he had not taken us through that and, and had us do this particular exercise, I might have just eaten it and not, not noticed any of what I just mentioned. And so these things, these kinds of exercises can actually be useful to learn more about yourself. Aren't you curious about yourself? Aren't you, don't you not want to be the bad girl anymore? If you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or more, don't you want to be, you know, your, your full, uh, full blooded human being who, uh, respects herself and likes herself and uh, takes joy in herself. I, I will tell you, Nicole, that after this whole conversation we've been having, I am sure there are people who, uh, you know, I could stand up and look at me from your podcast and say, yeah, well, if she had just a little bit more willpower, those last 10 pounds would go. And I'm here to say, I'm not interested in that. Mm. I You're am, interested in living comfortably in your body, not looking a particular, there's no outcome that it sounds like, you, there's no body outcome, no body size. That within a range. Now, yeah, I have to yeah. be honest, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. saying again, within a range. Now, I know I have people, I have a friend who is, you know, who's 250 pounds and loves her body. That is a beautiful thing. And I applaud that. When I was nearing 200 pounds, I was having a really hard time. And I was having a hard time uh, medically with all of my tests. And I was having a hard time being embodied. And so I needed to go on my journey. And 10 years after Ravenous, something I can truly say is that our bodies are the vessels that carry our spirit through the world. 
And they are precious, precious gifts. We are such intricate, beautiful creatures. And the disrespect and violence that Mm -hmm. we do to ourselves on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. whether it's through actions or words, our thoughts or thoughts must stop. How can you be truly kind, truly kind to another person when you can't be truly kind to yourself? It is an happiness is an, it's an inside job. You know, many meditation teachers say that. And I believe weight loss is an inside job. And as you journey, you find the teachers and the guides and the people who can lead you further into your own intuition of what is good and right and true for your body and trust it. Mm-hmm. We're not, we're not supposed to trust ourselves. You know, that's the other that's thing. Right. It's like, that's it's right. like, you know, what we teach our children, you know, to trust their judgments and to trust their insights. And I mean, we're still being treated like children at the age of 40, 50, 60, mm-hmm. 70. We're not. You know, we are, we're radical goddesses for God's sake. You know, it's like embrace your bigness, whatever that is, including your spirit and let her shine. And I am here to say, yeah, yeah, your spirit can shine eating a whole bunch of olives depending on how you eat them. Reminds how you me, eat them. Reminds me of, uh, and I think we spoke about this uh, before when Anne Lamott talked about having cheese doodle dust all over her mouth and asking herself, you know, is she still lovable? And yeah. and, and I think your answer is absolutely. I have no question, Anne, yes. you are completely lovable. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I want to uh, give people the information about how to reach you and learn more about you and and to read this beautiful book talk about that will you uh give us your website sure. and wherever they can find out more yes my website is uh danamacy.com mm-hmm. so that's d-a-y-n-a-m-a-c-y.com mm-hmm. and i'm active on facebook you can always look me up i i often post uh, uh information or blogs about uh, women eating and body image. And, um, and I'm at work on a new memoir uh, about radical aging and freedom, ah. freedom in aging. Oh boy. And I encourage everyone listening to be a warrior for yourself. Love yourself like you would a baby. Mm-hmm. Be, be fierce in your in your journey to believing yourself, to believing your inner light, to believing that you can find within yourself balance, health, and ease because it's there, but you need to journey towards it. You need to be curious about yourself. You need to inquire about yourself with a beginner's mind with a kind mind, 
with a loving mind. Find the people along the way who can help you. Find the people who make you take a big, deep breath, not the people for who, who make, who make you feel tight and collapse in on yourself and with whom you have to buy something in order to, uh, to, to excel at something. You don't need that. You need to find the guides in your life who can bring you to greater contentment, balance, and ease. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's beautifully said, Dana. I think all of the people listening will really appreciate that because we're just so embattled with, um, you know, what we hear we should be and the reality of aging. There's, you know, there's no exercise or no kale smoothie in the world that's going to stop that process. And our bodies do change. And how do we be with our bodies um, tenderly? And, uh, and that's, I think, part of what you're saying. You know, um, I want to say one other thing. Um, this whole show has been talking about women, weight, body image, kindness. The energy that we devote in terms of our time, I, I do this less now than, than when I was younger, but the energy with which many people, quote, fight this battle, and I'm here to say it's not a battle, it's a journey. There are so many things in this world that are vitally important to pay attention to beyond this. Global uh, cl climate change, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, racial justice, mm -hmm. um, criminal justice, um, whatever your issue is, there are millions of issues. We need a healthy body to be able to go into the world and work towards the issues of this world that we're born into that deserve our time and attention. Our bodies are what allow us to do the work that we need to do in the world. And when we start clearing up and clearing out the immense effort and energy and time and judgments we, we, we place on our embodiment, the world becomes very, very big. The world is very big. And time is short. And getting short. time is yes. short, yes. Exactly, our time is short so so, so love, do your best to bring the people and the guides into your life and the practices in your life to learn to love your body now because time is passing mm -hmm. very, it's and it's passing quickly. Mm -hmm. Beautiful words, Dana Macy. Thank you so much for sharing so Thank much you. of your journey and really... I think such a beautiful perspective and such a, uh, a a different perspective. I think than most people uh, wake up with and and use and and berate themselves. And I hear it all the time. And <clears throat> I just wish that more people could uh, try at least uh, some of what you're suggesting to try some of the inner start. work. Be curious, of, yes, be curious about yourself and your life and your embodiment and, and be curious about what you discover. Mm -hmm. Nothing, nothing inside that you discover 
is going to be so horrible that it can't be discovered. And if you need extra help or extra support, find the extra help and extra support to move through that Mm -hmm. because you're worth it. Everyone is worth it. Mm -hmm. All of us are worth it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be on your podcast, Nicole. I'm very grateful. Thank you for this time. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long exploratory, you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So, Being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. <music>